Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the show that tells the stories of diverse leaders who found belonging in our industry. So you can too. I'm Nicole Kasperson. In this episode, it is not 420, but we are recognizing a trailblazer in both cannabis and fintech innovation with Mr. Jonte James. Jonte is the CEO and founder of NatureTrack, a compliance and risk management solution for financial institutions that is serving the cannabis industry. In this episode, we talk about how cannabis banking is really in its infancy, and NatureTrack plays an important role for helping financial institutions that are banking cannabis by guaranteeing that funds are not being laundered Ozark style. We talk about Jonte's experiences, both good and bad, as a serial entrepreneur, and some lessons he's learned along the way. Plus, we talk about why he is hyped about the next phase of cannabis meeting fintech innovations. This is such an exciting episode, truly an innovator in the space, and I'm so thrilled for you to hear it. Jonte is a light and just filled with energy, and I hope you enjoy it. Jonte James, so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining me from the sky rise in New York City. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, the sky rise in my Sacramento, New York City, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you again for joining. And I just want to jump right into your background, which I know has a huge influence on your career and why you chose to be a part of the fintech industry and how you kind of uh, ended up founding and becoming the CEO of Nature Track. So, I feel like it starts with just growing up in Oakland and your experiences and views on incarceration and just cannabis and all the crazy propaganda around it. No, yeah. So growing up in the Bay was was great. So there's there was a lot of different things. So, you know, I, I grew up in the Bay and then my parents had got divorced. And that's kind of when I got hit with the whole incarceration thing with cannabis and drugs and what my father was going through. My mom had took me out to Indiana at that time. And so then, you know, I was kind of like back and forth visiting my father and things during high school. But as I've mentioned in some other interviews that I've done is that, you know, I, I was a dare kid at that time. So when that happened, it was really traumatic to me having my father going through that, having, you know, being ripped away from him, my mom moving to Indiana, my mom then taking me to Indiana. And so I just always had this stigma around drugs in general and how it played a role in my life. And then especially when I was growing up through high school, through college, you know, that was one of the foundational pieces of myself as, you know, one of my characteristics, one of my qualities was like, I didn't want to go down that path. I didn't want to make the same mistakes. And so I've always kind of stayed true to that, you know, fast forward to where we're at, you know, well, 2015, 2016, when I actually started the company, but, you know, fast forward to where we're at now and cannabis is legal and all the information that's out there, all the misinformation that was being used prior. And that's what's shaping my mind and shaping many other people's minds on what cannabis is and who these individuals are and really creating this, this stigma and this negative stigma and energy around that whole thing. And now having the opportunity to help with that. And so when I had the opportunity to kind of jump in, it just was, it was a personal mission for me and it was about success 
Um, but it was also about being able to right some wrongs in my own personal growth because I did have that stigma towards my father. I, st- I had that stigma towards friends at that time. And then now here I am helping legitimize the industry through fintech. And so the biggest problem in cannabis is, you know, banking, that's the, by far the largest, and having access to adequate banking services. While that's happening, it's still, you know, the haves and have nots, even in the cannabis industry, right? You have these big, large corporations, the till rays of the world. Oh, they can get banking all day. But then what about the small, medium? You know, the same thing that we're facing as a society, we're seeing that from a fintech perspective with the unbanked and also in the cannabis space. And so now being able to take my knowledge of the industry, my knowledge of the supply chain, my knowledge of individuals who were in that traditional world and now apply it to technology and then wrap it around regulation, compliance, and then now being able to help legitimize cannabis moving forward. And so it's been a very exciting last six years. It's also been a a very tough (laughs) six years. I'm sure all entrepreneurs go through that at some point in time, but it was just, it's just really what kind of shaped me. So coming from, you know, the Bay and having to deal with that and being faced with that adversity, the travel, et cetera, and then using my education to now empower the industry has really been great. It's really been, um, you know, self-fulfilling in that side. It's, Really a amazing story. And you're really like, you know how we say like doing the work, you are doing the work and really having some actual action items around it, right? You know, we can kind of go around and talk about uh, how we can make the world a better place as much as we want. But you know, unless we're putting some, some, I guess, like money where our mouth is, so to speak, um, and some actions behind it, then you know, we're, we're not going to really make any progress forward in, in changing stigmas and in changing uh, the way that people are treat people that aren't receiving financial services for reasons that don't really make a lot of sense. I like to think about the definition of someone of a market that is underserved. I think that far too often the industry financial services or, you know, even fintech sometimes, but trying to make it better, thinks that underserved markets is just like people of color or women or whatever. And that is true, but it means a lot of other things. It means people that work in cannabis, right? It means cannabis companies. It means any market that is not served by large enterprises because they have been profit-centric businesses and not people and profit-centric businesses. So, and I think that's what's amazing about like what you're doing and in, in nature track because you can combine both and prove it to be profitable and prove it to be helpful for the world. And I'm sure it, it has not been easy on you <laughs> because you're fighting, you know, you're fighting two fights, right. Or multiple. Right. And so, and that, that ain't easy. So kudos to you on, on all of those fronts. No, I appreciate that. It's crazy that it's what 2022 and we're still talking about the unbanked. And I had this like revelation the other day. I'm like, I'm like, we're talking about people being unbanked in 2022 when we literally can transfer money via our cell phone anywhere in the world. And we're still talking about markets that are not being served and how, you know, the establishment banking has kept people out and have not provided certain services because of, you know, your economic 
demographic, where you live, et cetera, et cetera. You're in cannabis. It's just like, it's mind blowing that today we're still talking about the unbanked. And I mean, there's just going to be problems that we all have to solve. You know, I'm, I'm no crusader here, but I, I do feel, you know, empowered by being able to help people and still being able to make a profit and be successful. Um, but that's not really what it's about. But when you're raising money, <laughs> all the investors care about is, are you going to be profitable? Right. Not, not so much your mission. Hey, the mission's great. Let's, let's go with that. It's like Tom's, right? Tom's blew up because they were giving away a pair of shoes with every shoe you bought. Like, how do you connect the two pieces together where you can have some social impact within your business, within your business model, and really serve both of those masters and be successful at it? Take us back to the moment when you felt like fintech would be the place where you'd find this kind of perfect balance, right? The sense of belonging almost of where you could have both the value and, and you know, your, that mission, that conviction that you have, right? To, to change things for the cannabis industry and, and banking, uh, but also still, right? Have to raise money. We have to, we have to turn a profit. Like we have, we have people to answer to it some, in some capacity. So when did it kind of hit you that maybe that nature track could be the, the route? I mean, I still don't feel like I belong to, to a certain extent, right? Um, I think when I, our coming of age for Nature Track is when we were at Money 2020 and we got accepted to the Startup Academy. That's when it was like, okay, we are doing the right thing. Other people seeing it. And this is what, 2018, 2019? So this is when cannabis wasn't even really as mainstream as it is today. Obviously, it was in the news and stuff, but, you know, far more accepted today. So I think that was kind of like our first feeling of belonging as a company. That was my kind of first feeling of belonging to a certain extent at that time. I was still learning all the terms, using them incorrectly, using different <laughs> words from a financial side. So I was really still like winging it up there, right? Like, you know, faking it till I make it. But I was still ingesting all, all the information from that point. But now I see that, you know, fintech has really opened my eyes to what can be done and where you can have impact. And I've, I've, I've talked to many friends and I've said this before that if I understood, you know, fintech or just finance and economics the way I do now, I probably would have went this path at the very beginning um, and not down a marketing, branding, you know, general business side you know, when I was in high school and stuff, econ was like watching paint dry. It was so boring. I, I didn't get it. The worst. I, I, I wanted to make a lot of money, but I was just like, eh, I don't know about all this stuff. Supply <laughs> demand, got to, got it, got it, got to have demand and then supply. Okay, cool. That's all I needed to know. But now seeing how the world's moving and just really opening my eyes to the path of fintech because now that I'm in it, mm -hmm. I see everything from a fintech lens now. I understand yeah. why Apple now has a credit card. So I see these things happening and I'm like, oh, okay, I get what's going on. When before it was just, oh, make a business. Oh, this is an app. It's cool. It works. Somebody told me to use it. Oh yeah, jump on Venmo. Okay. Oh, we just, we just pay our friends peer to peer. Cool. I can split my, you know, my bottle service now or, or when we go out to the restaurant, but there's so much more behind that and, and how 
you know, they're able to move the money, make money off the money being there and how they've now created a lane for just, you know, the peer to peer payments at that time. And so it's like with all these different communities that we have, fintech plays a huge role because money still moves no matter what's going on. And so there's always going to be exchanging in that. And so fintech's always in the center of that. There's always going to be, you know, somebody providing services. There's always going to be somebody purchasing those services. And so now fintech's that glue that connects everything. People ask me all the time, why fintech? Because if I think about it, I could probably take like my content mission, right? And, and apply it anywhere. And maybe one day I will. But right now, I love the fintech space. You know, what makes it so exciting is is all of the things, right? All of the developments is the maturing technology is the fact that more people are interested in finance uh, than ever before. And they're doing it through, through their mobile phones, right? Like, uh, and, and to see how much it can impact someone's life and change things. And, uh, you know, nature track is, you know, doing just that. I, you know, to me, I always think about how we're not necessarily building like or changing an old system, but we're building a new one, right? And so you, though, kind of sit in the middle, right? Because you're helping, you're helping banks and you're helping like institutions, right? Be able to actually maybe work with the cannabis industry, and you're do helping it happen in a very compliant, right? You're, you're like the sitting in the middle there, of being like yeah. the, the compliant. Uh, we're gonna verify the entire supply chain and the entire like process. So that your compliance and stuff can relax because we got it covered kind of thing, right? Yeah, we got your back. You just hand it off to us. Yeah, I mean, we're demystifying everything. We're opening that black box, so to speak, and we're providing that transparency to make everybody feel comfortable. And I constantly tell banks, it's like, you don't have to be the cannabis expert. We are. The system is. And so we can take that burden from you. We can do the validation. We can do the verification. We understand what a good and a bad actor look like. We understand, you know, how to work with the the customers um, and how we bring that on. And I mean, and we've really been shifting kind of our strength within this side and really taking on more of a a front-facing role um, with the client and forward-facing. And now we're, you know, we're onboarding the clients, the cannabis operators for the banks. We're doing all the applications. We're helping open the accounts. And so we're really starting to take over that entire sales process for them to become that kind of one-stop shop, that cannabis banking in a box that, hey, we can provide you the compliance, but we also can bring you the clients. We can interact with the clients. So we can really take that burden away from you and you just be a bank at the end of the day. You see our platform, you you see what we've done. Um, You know, we've done, we're probably at like 2.7 billion now in cannabis related transactions, almost 1 billion in cash we should be pushing close to right now. And, you know, we've been through federal examinations um, with no material findings. So that's all been really good. And so there's a lot of trust now from financial institutions that when we talk to them, And so they see us as a resource and a tool that can really help them. And now they're, you know, almost ready to be like, all right, Jante, here, you take it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We believe in you. You go take it. (laughs) Let the deposits come in and and we'll be okay from there. I mean, that is critical. 
that in, and, you know, I, I feel like maybe not necessarily the way one would think that it could happen. It almost seems like a no brainer, right? Like it almost seems so simple. And I'm sure while you've been building this, it has not been so simple, but, uh, <laughs> you know, and, but it, and it takes that time, right. And it takes someone, take someone like yourself, right. It takes a leader who's, who's willing, right. To, I love you mentioned like the public facing aspect of it. Cause that is the other side of FinTech that I think is so interesting is that, you know, it has become something that is more public facing is more center stage, not some behind the scenes technology. And, you know, I, I think that's just going to continue to like evolve the world even more. And if you can get more, more banks and, and financial institutions to uh, help the industry, then, you know, these things trickle down. I really believe even like B2B stuff, I really believe that it trickles down and to the end user and to the consumer and to the culture and like people see this stuff. I mean, it's, you know, it's on the news. It's, it's, it's on podcasts like this. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, it really is interesting. You said earlier, I couldn't, I couldn't forget it. You said that you still felt a little like uh, an outsider. And so I wanted to ask you about that because one does not just feel like they belong right away. I'm definitely still learning how to feel that way myself. So curious, like what elements maybe make you still feel like, oh, I'm, I haven't like quite really found my sense of belonging, if you will, in, in the space right. or what still makes you feel like an outsider? You know, it's an entrepreneurial thing, right? We run against stumbling blocks and roadblocks all the time. And I find as a challenge for myself as a founder, because I don't have a banking background, I'm always trying to prove that I belong that I understand the compliance. I know what's going on with the bank. I know how to make money with the bank. So I'm constantly always doing that. And it comes up very gotcha. often when I'm talking to venture capitalists for funding and stuff. They're like, well, you haven't ran a bank or, you know, you weren't former compliance. We should get, we need to get somebody in here who's former banker. You just go be, go be founder and let's go bring a, a banker in here. And so that's where I struggle with the belongings. Like, well, if it was just a banker, if it just took a banker, we wouldn't be here today. There wouldn't be a nature track if it just took a banker. The bankers or the lawyers or the former compliance officers, those are our competitors and they don't understand cannabis. And there's a reason why they weren't able to build the technology that we have because they don't understand the other side of it. Of course, they understand banking, but they don't understand the cannabis supply chain. Why well, I understand the cannabis supply chain, I understand enterprise systems and how to build SaaS solutions. And then I got thrust into this regulatory and compliance world, which I was already working in in some other aspect because there's compliance in everything. But now it was just having complete focus on the banking side. And so I just think it's always, you know, trying to prove yourself, keeping that chip on your shoulder. Like, I never want to feel like I've made it just yet. Like, this is my first interview I think I haven't done with my glasses on. So I'm like, ah, you know, I'm going back to, you know, who I am. You know, yeah. my hair is burgundy again. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's just one of those things, like, let me be myself. That's what got us here. The work speaks for itself. Our, our experience and everything that we do, have done speaks for itself. And so it's going to take that time. You can't be disruptive and believe everybody's going to be ex accept you. So it's okay that I don't, you know, I'm not quote unquote belonging. I'm here. 
So whether you wanted me here or not, I'm here now. So what are we going to do? We're just going to make some magic happen. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to thrive. Um, more importantly, we're going to make an impact. And we're already starting to see that impact. And so I'm just looking forward to the next level because that next level, once, you know, nature track gets acquired or something, then, you know, that will be the super sense of belonging. <laughs> I resonate with all of it, right? It took a lot for me. I come from a traditional reporting background, which, you know, like traditional finance is, um, you know, it's it's very buttoned up. It's very suit and tie. It's like, you know, I you wear the right shoes or you dress the right way or you look, your hair is done the right way. And I know, I love your jacket. I was like, man, now. I wish I could have brought some swag for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because now I'm like, yeah, I, I, I go to conferences and I, I speak at events and I like try really hard to stay myself. Like that old suit that I don't care to wear anymore is like pushed into the back of my closet. And I, you know, I'm still dressed, obviously, like appropriate, but like I'm, you know, I'm dressing like me and whatever makes me feel like me. And I think we need to like have more of that in this space, especially in, you know, in, in fintech. So it's like, you know what, if I'm going to be swaggy, like let me be swaggy and let me have my hair, however, have my dyed hair burgundy or, or whatever it is, because there's like so much more, you know, we should be th thinking about the impact, right. Than not just like right. trying to fit any kind of mold or being just like, otherwise we're just like traditional financial services. And that's like literally the opposite of what we're trying to do. Yeah. We're, we're right back where we started. Right. <laughs> Exactly. And that's, that's why, like, that's why I'm here for that's like why kind of what I created with the fintech for a huge mission, right, is to really hold the industry accountable. And so we don't end up just like traditional finance. So but anyways, I would be curious if there was anyone in particular who has really helped you feel like, you know, you you have found your place, and that, you know, nature track is is on the come up and, and kind of going to reach that, that goal that you're after. To be honest, nothing really comes to mind, but I have a kind of a weird thing that comes to mind is, is our clients. The clients help me feel that we belong or we're doing something right because we have clients that are looking for our services. And when I'm sitting there and I'm having conversations with them and I'm interacting with them about what their workflows are, what's their use cases, how it relates to the platform, this is what you need to do from a regulatory perspective. I could just see that everybody's nodding with me. And I, I get that that strength that, you know, we're doing right things here. You know, it can, they can easily just like, oh, yeah, this is not going to work. They don't know what they're talking about, et cetera. So I really feel it from our clients. You know, I've done several speaking things that that's always a little boost to the ego, like, hey, People want to hear what we have to say. We are doing something within the industry, but there's there's been so many people that have helped me along the way. I mean, I, I definitely have a team <laughs> that people who've come in and out over these six years to kind of help prepare. And that could be from a traditional banking background. That could be from compliance officers. That's from lawyers, et cetera. So there's been a lot of people that helped me on there. So I don't want to say any names per se, just in case they, they hear this and like, oh, you forgot about me. So don't forget, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking about you. I love all you guys for helping me um, get here. But yeah, like when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was clients. I mean, they're the ones that have, are, are sitting there right in the line of fire. I'm saying, hey, here's a solution to help you. 
And they're like, yes, this helps. And so that's, I mean, that's the biggest proof point I can ask for. It makes me think about when someone, you know, if I get a message from someone that's like, hey, you wrote about me in your newsletter and now I got an angel check. Yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence. Or, hey, you know, your job board helped me find my next new you know, endeavor. It's audience, right? Like the fact that there's people out there helping, you know, you feel validated. It's almost even more, you know, impactful than any single person that could make you feel uh, that. So that's that's really cool. I, I liked that answer to that, actually. And so then what would be one piece of advice that you would give our listeners who are maybe feeling a little like you, like outsiders, um, but they don't necessarily belong? Well, everybody who belonged, they're not at the top. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you can look at all our great minds in the past. Somebody had some weird quirky or was outside <laughs> the box and it wasn't the norm. And so I would be like, embrace your uniqueness. If we all look, think, act the same way, then what makes us different at that point or what can make us successful? I talked to some of the youth and, you know, they're like, oh, you're doing this is so great. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could just work for somebody. <laughs> but I also, but it's like, it means just so nice just to go to work and just get a check. But I, but I also tell them is that if it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. And so as entrepreneurs, we feel out of place because we're doing something hard. We're doing something that many people would be like, why are you doing that? You clearly have a good education. You're doing good. Just go find a job where you don't have to worry and, and deal with the stress of raising money and HR and, and you know everything else besides what just your product is. You know, you get you're wearing so many hats. So you gotta embrace that uniqueness. You chose this, you had an idea, you had a vision, you're a visionary, you gotta see that through. And sometimes even if you're following that vision, it's not where you end or not where you're trying to go, it's where you end up. Like we're always gonna shoot for the moon, but you land in the stars, right? And so that's where we got to be as entrepreneurs and just vibing and getting that energy from people that are feeling the same things that you're doing. I mean, there's many times I'm like, whoo, we're on that last payroll check. Come on, what check's coming in? Oh, boom. (laughs) Stakeholder came in or one of our previous investors, (laughs) you know, people don't understand that except other entrepreneurs who have faced that. And so that's unique within itself. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to be used, great to be an individual. And it's, it's always about thinking outside the box. If, if mm-hmm. you thought of your company or your solution for a reason, you're out there solving a problem. So go solve that problem and don't let anything stand in your way. Mm, well said. And thank you. I feel like maybe I also needed that advice sometimes because it can, right? It's hard. It's hard when you're, and I think something you and I have in common is like, I feel like I'm kind of disrupting two industries at the same time, right? It's fintech and media and journalism. And then, you know, on your end, right? Cannabis and and fintech. So, and when you're, you know, tackling a lot of different arenas, it can be hard. And I feel like my, even my, my parents, I feel like my mom would have Uh, even probably to this day would probably be like, you don't want to just like have a job where you get to just go and leave. And and meanwhile, I'm over here like building and building and building, but like it it is so much more rewarding. And, you know, I, 
totally condone work-life balance and you should always have your time off and all that stuff. But like, you know, some nights when I have to work late, I don't mind it as much because I'm, you know, writing stuff that's fulfilling. I'm creating content that matters as opposed to creating content that, you know, an editor told me to do because whatever. So anyways. No, yeah, you hit it right on the head. You hit it right on it. That's that 24-7 life. People are like, oh, when do you work? I was like, I always work. There's there's zero <laughs> I'd be working days off. And then they're <laughs> like, they're like, oh, I can't, I can't believe you do that. That that doesn't make any sense. I need to have vacations and everything else. And then I'm like, well, okay. I was like, you see Chris Brown and all them. I was like, what vacation are they on? I was like, you saw me. I was like, the people making money are working every day. I like the people are not right. making money. Well, but they got all fun. kinds of vacations. <laughs> they got vacations. <laughs> they're taking trips. I was like, they're they're performing for you on your memorial holiday that you you went out. And so mm. I was like, mm. what I'm doing, it doesn't. Although yes, I'm working every day. It doesn't feel like work. Yes, it's stressful, exactly. but it's something I'm doing that I can see. I'm seeing impact from what I'm doing. It's I'm not just writing a paper or any, like everything that I'm doing 24 seven, there's going to be a huge impact for the company. And so it's got to get done. And if I don't do it, who else is going to do it? So it's like, you got to get that done. And then I just live in that. And so it's like, Hey, yeah. my vacations are my, my, my happy hour, my work hour, you know, my work-life balance. Like you said, I get my yoga in, yeah, I'll go same. have, you know, give me some tequila. I'll watch the basketball game. So, you know, like between, six to like eight is kind of like my hey let's just back away from the laptop or anything and then right back at it you know at nine so then nine's right. like 11 12 yeah. and then you know repeat and so i just keep doing that and when i do travel somewhere hey laptops with me i'm on phone calls you know it, it never stops on on that side especially when you're raising money because people you want to yeah. talk to you know they have normal jobs so guess when they're free to talk? Oh, they're free to talk on Sunday at 9 a.m. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to sleep in, but that's when they're free to talk. So it's like, I got to talk to them. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that's so funny. And well, as long as like, when you're making work fun and you're making it fulfilling and you know you're making an impact, then yeah, it doesn't have to always feel like work. It can feel like something so much more meaningful. I think one of the things that even like Workweek, the company that, powers with the fintech the entire tagline is make work fun and i think that you know we can get away from the the stigma that work isn't personal or work you know business and personal are separate i think what's wrong with being personal in business right and what's right. wrong with the uh, bringing in our ourselves i think that work can be a place where we find belonging where we find community where we find all of these things these things that we need as basic humans like community and and senses of support and value and so why not why not have it in the workplace where it where otherwise you're just gonna do that nine to five anyway until you you know you, you burn out and yeah the culture and the culture is really like, transformed like when you're when you're saying that right now i'm just thinking to you know there is a point in time you know it's not really our time but kind of like at that point in time where it's like you know you worked and you had your personal life and then, you know, Generation yeah. X, the millennials, we've blurred those lines completely where it's all one, where there's impact in everything we do. Like we are going to support companies that align with our ideals and thoughts and missions mm -hmm. and everything else. It's not just about 
oh, that's work and this is my personal life. Yes, we still need to be professional. Nobody's saying we're not going to be professional and have, you know, a a decorum or a courtesy, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. in business. But I'm very much, you know, all of my business, my personality comes with me. So I can't shut that off (laughs) when it's like, I'm working. Okay, thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate your time. Let's talk about compliance. You, you know, there's oh, there's still going to be me in there because then that's how we connect. We can exactly. still interact every day. And then hey, we can be like, hey, we can, hey, let's go grab a drink. Let's go watch a game. Do you like shopping? What's the last concert? We talk about smooching and people were doing that on the golf courses and stuff to close deals. But we're really doing that in every day within our business. And fintech really blends that together, right? Fintech's blending all of everything that you're doing. You know, we're on the cell phones, we're mobile, we're we're sharing money, we're buying money, we're in crypto, and the world's just revolving around us. And so those lines are are definitely gone. If we need to be the change that we want to see. What change do you want to see in fintech and how will you embody it? Ah, well, great question. Going to stump me here. <laughs> but I think the change I want to see is us being us. Like when I was talking about the hair, being able to have your personality speak as much as your education, your intelligence, and the work that you're doing speaks for you. You see all of Jante when I come, you don't just see nature track and risk management. Mm-hmm. It's it's a total package. And so, you know, me being the changes, me being myself and embracing that I'm in FinTech. And I think that's what, you know, FinTechs need more people being themselves because that's where all this disruption's happening. And and you see that coming through not just in FinTech, but through society. You see the personality and the mm-hmm. power amongst the people once you know that we're looking to be served and we're not just looking at you know the old guard trying to tell us what we can and what we can't do you know there's so much information that's at our fingertips now and so we're just you know we're tapped in so now that i'm tapped in like let me let me bring that impact i'm tapped in now you shouldn't have opened up the door fintech (laughs) let me through the door now i'm here so here I come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh, it's so good and, and such a great closing to the conversation uh, and really bringing it full circle, right? You know, you kind of started in a place from Dare Kid to uh, being the founder and CEO of Nature Track and creating, you know, an entire pathway for people to follow in that footstep and be themselves along the way. That's, a, that's incredible. And so uh, really admire the work that you're doing. And I final question, can you tell us what we can expect from you next? Uh, yeah, I'm keeping on the hush-hush, but you my girl, Nicole, so I'm going to hook you up with a little tidbit. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you some tea on this. But no, I mean, my big, big goal has always been, well, I don't want to say always, that's a little, that's a stretch. But since I've come into <laughs> fintech, it's now I, I need my Bobby Axelrod. I want my own bank. So, so I want, now that I understand how the banks work and stuff, I was like, ah, I'm going to become a bank soon. And so that's going to be the next thing. So next time we sit down, we're going to talk about how I created my bank and, and how we went from there. <laughs> hey, that is some tea. Okay. That's awesome. Hell yeah. I love this. All right. We are manifesting. We are throwing it into the Manifest world. Manifest that. 
Put those yep. vibes out there. All right, manifest that shit. Okay, it is here. So excited about that. And I so see that for you and very, very excited for the future. And thank you for sharing that. Only on Humes of Fintech, folks. So, yeah. Appreciate you, John. Thank you so much. (laughs) What the Fintech? Anyways. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find a sense of belonging too.